0: I want to re- renew your minds or refresh your minds a little bit. Henry Maxwell, perhaps not necessarily fictitious individual, but perhaps he represents individuals. Henry Maxwell was said to be a pastor in downtown New York, And Dr. Maxwell was studying his sermon for the week that was the Sunday that was ahead of him. As he was studying for his sermon, someone showed up at his, the door. And as this person showed up at the door... His dress was not acceptable. You see, it's not only Mrs. Finley, it's pastors as well. He looked at him and, and he, he, he just didn't feel comfortable talking to this individual, especially when he had to be preparing his message, his sermon. He listened to him with a bit Of disdain, and then finally he was able to usher him outside and he shut the door. Sunday morning, who should walk into church but this very man upon whom he shut the door? He preached. And he preached and he preached and everyone was pleased with his message until someone got up in the service and said, I am not complaining. I just want to state the fact. I want to talk about the fact that I am jobless I just want to tell you what I've been going through and as he finished his story he walked out of the church service and by the time the next week came he was dead He walked in, a minister was doing his sermon, as they call it. He didn't have time for a poor person. And the rest is history. That little story is told by the book In His Steps by Charles Sheldon. I read it years and years ago. It's in my, one of those boxes of books in, the, in our garage somewhere. But the thought came to me especially when I read that story about that fellow in the bus in New York James continues to confront the people with the possibility as we shall see in a few moments of being selective in church Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 it is not wrong to be selective of your friends if you want to invite certain ones into your home as such but when you walk into the synagogue, the assembly, where God's people are, the barriers should be broken down because people who are meeting with one another are people who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. This, this is what uh, he's saying. One of the things I found out in my studies, and I never gave a lot of thoughts to it, that homeless people are not necessarily poor people. And poor people are not necessarily homeless people. And that is why when James is speaking, he said, true religion visits the orphans, visit the widows. The word visit is to go and see who is, who really needs. It's not just to pay them a visit. And James is talking about the poor, the economic poor. Because the Bible has more than one word, To use for poor. For example, in the Beatitudes, it starts out, Blessed are the poor. And it's not talking about rich or poor there, talking about someone who's poor in spirit, someone who's deprived of something. And this is what James is talking about the person who is economically deprived. We do not judge them by their attire because we do not know why they are attired that way. And so, he's making a case for the poor and he begins by saying this of the poor. The only person who looks out for the poor is God. I want you to think of that. Listen, listen to what James says. Has not God chosen the poor I used to play basketball in in, in, in college. And I I, I played the game because I liked the game. I wasn't playing the game like some of my my, my, uh, um, classmates played the game. Every chance they got, they went to the gymnasium. Every chance I got, I was reading a book. So for me, it was not a big thing. So when they were choosing teams, I was not chosen number one. I was not chosen number two. In fact, I was not chosen number eight. I was chosen number last. Because I I didn't bring to the floor what being there will bring. Position. And, And James says this. God acknowledges the poor By choosing them... Now, I want you to understand that that word choose there is not saying that God selects them because they are poor. He chose them to be rich in faith. It's a purpose choice. He didn't choose them because they were poor. I think I told you of one of my classes in graduate school that we had to write a paper on poverty, or the poor... And all the papers came in, and and mine, I was told by my professor, mine was the only one that spoke on the responsibility of the poor. I, 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 I guarantee you that most people don't think that the poor, God says, never show partiality to the poor because he or she is poor, nor show partiality to the rich because he or she is rich. And and, and so God chose them not because they were poor. He chose them just as He chose the rich to be rich in faith because the rich will come to Christ in the same way the poor will come to Christ. They won't come by buying their way. In fact, Jesus said it after a while, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because they trust in their riches. The poor is susceptible to all kinds of difficulties and therefore... He or she who is deprived of some of what, what we count as privilege, the only hope they have is that God thinks on them. No other hope. The one who fights for, 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 for them. Listen, listen to this. Matthew 19.23, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom because he trusts in his riches. Now listen to Proverbs 14.31, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. For the man who is poor, the woman who is poor, the man who is rich, the woman, both of them have a common, common source of existence. They were created by God. Now the rich man got rich and forget, forgot God. The poor man, whose only hope in this world is that somebody will take note of him, Jesus came and said, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach to the poor. Poor in spirit. Might be poor economically and they do not have enough Well, what is needed? You know, um, I I think I've told you at times, and it's all... I visited a little bit after the funeral yesterday. um, My daughter and my son and son-in-law, they were in Albany for... wanted to see our grandson play and our granddaughter play soccer. And, um, And we were sitting down talking, and like we do, we were reminiscing about things that, and you know, when your kids are adults and they're married, you get to know things about them you never knew when they were teenagers. (laughs) And, and, you know, Christopher and and Heather were telling us things, and I said, I don't remember those things. And they looked at each other and smiled. (laughs) We got him. We got him. Well... My mother was an uneducated woman. She had a grade three education. That's all she had. But she was wise. And I remember mom saying to us, I, see, what I did, <laughs> my, my grandfather had a pocket knife. And I thought, boy, if I ever take that to school, I'll, I'll, I'll get friends. So I borrowed. I borrowed my grandfather's pocket knife. And I was showing it at school. And oh, man, I was the talk of my friends. And when I got home, the warden was waiting for me. (laughs) And she didn't ask me if I took it. She told me I did. The reason is because I was the only one who could do it. (laughs) I'm telling you that story because one of the things, at that point she said to me, Winston, a liar is a thief and a thief is a murderer and I don't want either in my house. A liar is a thief and a thief is a murderer. And I thought, all right. I didn't understand it. In in fact, I wasn't too concerned about it. (laughs) But that had stuck with me. It just begins with a little thing. And that little thing becomes a bigger thing. And that bigger thing becomes a character-forming thing. See, what, 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 what I'm talking about here... Is that if we understand that God has placed us into this world to be, whether we are rich or poor, if we have wisdom and if we have character, we will have what it takes to make the world a better place. I am thinking something I don't know if I should say. Except, except to put it this way. One, one of the senators of this country stood in front of the Supreme Court this past week and made a statement that was so detestable that for me, a Canadian, I could hardly contain myself with the disgust I felt for that man. You see, he had power but he had no character. He, w- he was able to say things that was not consistent. He looked at people who were different politically and he castigated them. He, he-, he, was-, he was poor in character. He didn't have any character. And my friends, the poor can be, our uh, response to the poor can be in so many ways because there are so many different kinds of poverty. And we must be sure that when we address any kind of of, of poverty, we we are qualified to do so because we see it from God's point of view. God made this person. God made you. You are called by God. You see, because God didn't say because you have this. No. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. And in this world, my friends, there are people who are poor because of, and people who are poor because of, and people who are poor because of, a hundred different ways people are poor. I went in my concordance and I looked and I looked at, at the list of the word poor and poverty and it's almost a double the list of the rich. And God is not saying rich people are charitable people. That's not the case at all. Abraham was rich. Zacchaeus was rich. Matthew was rich. What he's saying is that that when when you see the poor, because God cares for them, because he made them in his image, you should also care for them. We don't know what the cause may be. And listen to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. The incarnation came as a voice to the poor. He was born in a stable. There were other places That God could have chosen for the birth of his son. But he showed that the poor are not to be despised. Because we are a little bit higher economically than they are. A case for the poor. They are acknowledged by God. But also they are acclaimed by God. Verse 5. They were chosen to be rich. Not to remain poor per se. But they are to experience grace, so St. Paul said in in the book of Ephesians, that they might be able to, to, to return to a stability of life where they were able, from poverty, to work and give to those who don't have. Care for those who need to be cared for. How did he acclaim them? First of all, they are to be rich in faith. To be rich in faith means that your faith is getting stronger and stronger and stronger with all the experiences of life. And I couldn't help but, but think of this story. I love to tell it. I love to tell it. Dr. Freed is, is, the, is the founder of what is known as World Radio. World Radio is one of the biggest Christian radio stations in the world. It reaches every corner of the, of, of the world and in and, and Asia, Africa, and so on. And, and Dr. Fried was visiting Poland when Poland was still under communism. And he tells the story. I was privileged to hear him telling this story. He said he was in Poland, and he went to visit this poor, poor Polish woman, lived in a one-room house. And the house was, was nothing more than than a cabin. And she looked at Dr. Freed and she said, Dr. Freed, why is it that I can only hear... That the Trans World Radio would go into that part of the world only 15 minutes a day. That's all they, they could afford. And she asked Dr. Freed, why can't I hear more of, the, of, 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 of Jesus? And Dr. Freed said, well, we can only afford 15 minutes a day to pay for um, what needs to be paid for. And she got up and left the room, went out and came back and had a few Polish currency, didn't say how much it was. And she said, I want you to take this so that I can hear more of Jesus. And Dr. Fried said, oh, I I can't take your money. He looked around and saw the size of the home. She said, he said, I can't take your money. He said, I want you to take it. And Dr. Free said, Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, You keep your money, and I'll give the equivalent from my wallet on your behalf. And she looked at him and she said, You don't understand, sir. I'm not giving this to you, I'm giving it to God. Faith. That's the richness of the faith of the poor. The Macedonians didn't have a whole lot. But when the Jews needed help, who gave the most? The poor. Because the poor gave what they had. The rich gives out of their riches, they still have a whole lot. God has chosen the poor to be rich in faith. They can exercise it. This is why, you know, this is why in, in a lot of the cases in slavery, some of the Negro spirituals we sing today came because their only hope was God. I remember reading a book called Five Smooth Stones and, and this black lady was asked, how could you be singing songs like you're singing in this condition? And she said, because that is all I have. That is all I have. You have other means. All I have is this rich in faith. So they are rich in faith. They're rich in hope. They're rich in hope. They're heirs of the kingdom of heaven. Something else is beyond the grave. Read chapter 16 of Luke. The rich man and Lazarus, in life, they were as opposite as the east is from the west and the north is from the south. Lazarus was was poor, he was rich. And that's where the similarity ends. They both I mean the similar similarity came at the end of life. They both died. The rich man died and Lazarus died. But beyond death Christ gives us a little sense of what it means to be heirs of the kingdom. In hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham and said, Father Abraham, please tell Lazarus to... And by the way, tell. Isn't that amazing? Even in hell, he's still exercising his power. Tell Lazarus to dip his finger and come and put it on my tongue because I can't stand the heat of this place. And Abraham said, There's a chasm between us. Lazarus cannot cross it. Then tell him to go and tell my brothers not to come to this place. And Abraham said, They have Moses and the law. In other words, my friends, death seals my future. The way I live here is what will happen there. the rich man died Lazarus died and Jesus said Abraham said in the life before you had the good things but that was all there was but now Lazarus has that which is eternal heir of the kingdom God chose them to be rich and sometimes the true poor person uh, in fact I love this story of the missionary who came, come, came home from Africa the same day that one of the presidents came back from a hunting trip in Africa. And there were hundreds of people lining the streets of New York to see the president as he got off the ship. And the missionary came that same day. He had buried a son and a daughter in Africa. The president went to hunt. And he looked at all the people there waiting to get a glimpse of the president and he whispered in the ear of his wife, Isn't it ironic? We gave our lives to serve God and we buried two of our children in Africa. He went to Africa to kill animals and people are here to greet him. And you know, it always takes a wife to bring us to reality. She leaned over to him and said, but sweetheart, we're not home yet. My friends, if we make this world our home, that's all we have. But if we prepare for the other world as real, then as as someone said at the funeral yesterday, Mike is more alive now than he was when he was here. They're rich in hope. Thirdly, they're rich in love. They're rich in love. Those who love Him. Who love Him. To find something you love that is actually amazing in this world. To be loved. To be loved when you feel that you don't deserve that love. And friends which of us deserve the love of god which of us has come to the place where god says yeah you pass <laughs> you're okay god commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us and When he died and we receive him, he pours his love into us. And so we love God with his love because our love could never reach the capacity to which God can be loved. And as I sat at my desk, Paul said, there are three things that are lasting. Faith, hope, and love. And the poor people had all of them and the rich did not have them. And not that the rich could not. There are riches, rich people who'd, who, who do have them. But we're talking about the poor, how we look at it. I'm looking at my time here. Let me go to my second point. The contempt for the poor. The contempt for the poor. Look at the attitude in the church. In the church, they were dishonored. They were looked down. They were despised. The word there is to be shamed. They were shamed by other people. You look at 1 Corinthians 11, 17 and you will hear that let let me read it for you Paul is talking about the, the Corinthian church getting together for communion service for in the first place when you come together as a church I hear that there are divisions among you and I believe it in part for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine may come and may be recognized when you come together it is not for the Lord's supper that you eat for in eating, each one eat, goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, one, another one gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and to drink in? Or do, or, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? see james is saying the church must be careful very much so because if they don't this is what can happen we can have the same attitude that we find in in the world let me in 1739 the church of england expelled john wesley from the Church of England because he was preaching to the poor. He was going to the people who worked in mines, whose clothes was just despicable. And Wesley thought, if you will not have them, I'll take them to an open square and I will preach the gospel to them. And he did. He would preach anywhere he got an opportunity, including graveyards. And he would preach to them. And he wanted to develop a system by which These people might show that they are real believers and he developed a method for them to to live by. Therefore, we have the word Methodist. It comes from that idea of Wesley being evicted from the church. In less than a hundred years, in less than a hundred years, another man who had left the Anglican Church to go with Wesley, noticed that the same thing was happening with the Methodists that happened before with the Church of England. And that man thought it should not not be done. If we left because of this, now it is happening with us. The name of that man? General Booth, the founder of Salvation Army. He saw the very same thing that moved him from the Church of England happening with the Methodists. What I'm saying, friends, that the world looked in the church and you know what it saw? Its own reflection. That should never happen. That should never happen. The attitude, I repeat myself without apologies. What we do for the poor is, more, is less important than how we think about the poor. And I'm speaking to myself. I can tell you that much. I was on my way to a meeting early Friday morning and I saw the, the homeless and the people at Right Aid. I mean, the whole place littered with them. And as I drove by, I, I lifted my heart to God. Please help me not to sit in judgment of these people. Please help me, Lord, not to sit in judgment of them. God knows why they are there. And Union Gospel Mission is doing a great work with these people. I'm not saying that nothing is being done, but how easy it is to judge them by what you, you, know, you see the grocery cart. And one of, the, one of the... Could I say a dummy? Is it right to say that at this point? One of the dummy politicians, you know what He said... Well, we're trying to do our best. Some of them could sleep in their cars. Have you ever seen a poor with a car? (laughs) They're pushing grocery carts, and I mean, it's so insensitive, so insensitive, the attitude. But let me quickly go to the aggression against uh, against the poor. James makes this 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 question and answer period. Who oppresses the poor? It's the rich. And you will read it for yourself and we'll come to some more of it later on. And, and I, won't, I don't have time to do the whole thing this morning, but listen, you remember, you remember the little sisters of the poor? You remember those people? When the government of this country made a law that every, every organization must provide for abortion pills for the people that are seeking to help and the the little sisters of the poor ask for exemption and from the White House said no. No. It was just this past week that the Supreme Court finally released them from having to give any allegiance to that damnable law. They don't have to provide abortion pills for people. Because they'd be, they'd be going against their own conscience. They don't believe in that. Oh boy, this could go on for a long time. The aggression against the poor. The, listen, listen, here's the irony. The people who are, who are aggressive against the poor are the people the church is catering to. Isn't that, isn't that a conundrum? Quickly, not only are they aggressive against the church, they use their possession to get what they want, to demean people, but they also use profanity. Profanity. They're the ones who blaspheme that noble name by which you are calling, which you are called. Profanity is, is, is in that word, blasphemy. Because they use terms using God's name to damn people. They they, they use Christ's name as a sense of of curse and frustration against people. That noble name, that's the name you are called as. And, And you would treat these people the way... They are treated outside the church and when they speak because you see, when these rich come to church, they come for the sake of prestige. You remember when the, the widow was giving her little mite and the rich came? And Jesus distinguished between the two, because they come they come to make known that they are there. I, 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 one of my sisters, she has a really unique way I don't know if she's doing it now, but when we were younger. If, if we would go to any kind of event, she always comes late. Always comes late. By choice. And when we talked about it, she said, when I arrive, I want others to know that I have arrived. I could strangle her, I tell you. <laughs> The poor ring the bells when they're coming, the rich ring the bell when they're coming to let people know they're there. The church was hearing it but God was not. The church was hearing it but God was not. The church is identified with the characteristics of God and it is showing with the char- showing the characteristics of the world. Let me close. With the words of Homer Kent, James was not denouncing wealth, per se, as evil, which he was not doing. Didn't say anywhere that uh, the that, that rich people are evil. None at all. In, in fact, we heard last Wednesday, we, I don't know how rich they are, but certain people in Lebanon, when they heard of Mike's death, one person called to say, we'd like to pay for the funeral. Another person called, we'd like to pay for the grave plot. Another person called, we'd like to pay for the coffin they're making. Rich people are not evil, per se, friends. They need the same grace that poor people need to live. So Homer again said, wealth is not evil, per se. Neither was he advocating reverse discrimination. We tried to do that a few years ago. Remember that? When they were saying that people who were deprived of education because of their pigmentation, in the past they should get into university free of charge and so on. And then we're, we're, we're educating ignoramuses. Um, whereby the poor are to be favored at the expense of the rich. We're doing that all the time. Just listen to those people running for office right now. He was arguing against favoritism of any kind. At this point, he was showing how logically and morally inappropriate his readers particularly kind Of discrimination was and you know I I told my class this morning the Bible doesn't say that certain things are inappropriate you know what it says they are wrong they are wrong that's what the Bible says not inappropriate I always laugh you may have heard me say this you go in and you see the sign saying thank you for not smoking and I say what if I don't want your thanks I just smoke so, 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 my friends, there are certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong. And the church, because it believes what God says, we cannot and will not do this because it is against our faith. And the little sisters were willing to take that charge. It may be helpful to understand that James may have been using the term the rich with the same definition Jesus did for those who trust in their riches. Not that riches were wrong. And I don't want it to be said that I believe that to be rich is wrong. None at all. None at all. If a rich man knows. As 1 Timothy 6 says. If he knows how to use his wealth. God has given it to them for that purpose. Will God help us my friends. That as a church we display for others the, the character of heaven not the character of the culture in which we live, because believe me, the culture in which we live is all wrong, all wrong. There's some good things that we may get out of it, but remember, it is never done with God's glory in mind. Let us pray. Lord, your word can be so sharp at times I think this is what David had in mind when he said, search me, O God, and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. There might be things in our hearts that other things that someday will bring or that we never thought possible. Help us to know how the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, when it becomes ours, will help us to overcome those ugliness that we might find in our own hearts in my heart because Lord you you know there are certain things I like and certain things I don't like and and when you don't like them you apply them to the person who might display them may the mind of Christ my Savior live in all of us from day to day so that by his love and power we might live to glorify him. I pray in his name. Amen.